For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings shall we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 268 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Hals Burkhardt. And I'm your host, Will Witten. And, ladies and gentlemen, it's finally here. The thing we've all been waiting for. And I'm not just talking about the Mandalorian trailer. Because, yeah, that came, but whatever. No, I'm talking about a special guest. We got a special guest this week. It's not just me and Will. We got someone here to talk about the Mandalorian trailer, a star of stage and screen, a man who needs a house full of mirrors so he can be surrounded by winners. From the Pop Culture Hour, it's our buddy Johnny Grasso. Hello, what is up guys? How are you, Will and Hawes? Thank you for having me. Man, just so happy to have you here. Yeah, this is so great. <clears throat> yeah, man, it's nice to have you back on the old Blue Harvest. Yeah, uh, episode 30-something. Oh, you've been on Back. since then. Oh, yeah, oh, first time. That, yeah. Like that, that awesome time. Yeah, the time when you and Will couldn't stop making eyes at each other. Loved it. Fucking... I mean, he's a handsome man. What do I, what, you know, what more can I say? Um, so for everybody knows, I've been getting, so everybody knows, every, I've been getting a lot of questions. Hey, are you and Johnny Grosso still friends? And i got to be honest. For the last few months, we haven't been. We've been cussing each out over text. Like the other day, Johnny just sent me a picture of his middle finger out of nowhere. And then what happened? They released the Mandalorian trailer and peace. No, of course we're still friends. <laughs> we're still friends. Uh, and uh, happy to have my buddy here with Will. We're going to talk about the Mandalorian trailer. We're going to talk about the squadrons cgi cinematic hunted that released this week and we're going to hear from you guys we got a uh, small little handful of voicemails and i have a feeling most of them might be mandalorian themed if i had to guess one would imagine so what were you gonna say johnny oh let's hope oh yeah um so before we get to all that. Let me give you guys just the tiniest bit of business. 
You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blueharvestpodcast. You can email us your questions, your emails, your voicemails at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at blueharvestpod. We have a Patreon where we put all kinds of bonus podcasts up for as little as $3 a month. You'll get access to that exclusive feed at patreon.com slash blue harvest podcast. And that's the business. So fellas, how has your week been? Will, why don't we start with you? We didn't get to hear from you last week. You had the family vacay. How'd that go? Uh, It went well. It was difficult doing it with an infant, you know, with a month old. So the trip down that should have taken four and a half to five hours took nine hours. Uh, it's just because you're stopping to make sure the baby is content and not upset. And you, know, you basically go while the baby's quiet. And when the, you know, it turns up when she turns up beyond belief, then you got to pull over and figure out and settle back down. What did Liam think of all that? Uh, he just wanted to get out of his car seat. Every time we stopped, he's like, can I get out? Can I get out? Can I get out? <laughs> We're not going anywhere. Can I get out? Can I get out? <laughs> And uh, so you had to let him run around the car for a minute while we got her settled, you know, and then you got to get him back in his seat, you know, which takes an act of Congress. Yeah. So uh, you got to see your dad and uh, John. But yeah, I got to see my dad and John Luke. How are they? uh, They're good. It was good to see them. I haven't seen them since last year. But they're doing good. They're both doing really well. Awesome. I'm glad to hear it, buddy. So, Johnny, uh, how are you, my man? How's it been? It's been good. It's been good. Uh, I'm between houses, so, like, um, that's pretty much been dominating God since, I want to say, July. So, like, July 5th, I listed my house, and then July 7th, it sold, Hmm. (laughs) and then we didn't have a place to live, and, like, the closing date was closing in on us and then we finally found a house and and uh i am living with my mom for three weeks between houses so uh that's uh that, that's where i'm at that's pretty much been my life since july i know man. i know for a fact she loves that uh, I, that's a whole nother podcast <laughs> <laughs> so uh i know this has been in, in a long time in the making so i'm sure you gl- guys are going to be glad to get all settled in and set up in the new place yeah she we got we got a, a location about a mile less than a, like just under a mile from the beach which in like jersey shore is hard to do so um sabrina's very happy uh it's not quite a fixer upper but it's like an updater upper right uh, so you know need some updating but other than that like we're, we're very happy i just can't wait to get out of like my mom's house. <laughs> <Can't> <laughs> How wait. long has it been since you've had to live with your mom? Oh God. How old am I? Uh, 17, 18 years, maybe more. Well, yeah, I, uh, I realized that next week or not next week, next year will mark 20 years since I moved out of my parents' house. Cause I don't go back. I, <laughs> I couldn't go back either. Mom <laughs> no. was like, you can come move in if you want. I was like, Oh, can't, can't do the rules anymore. 
<laughs> you you think you would be that age and your mom would be impressing rules on you? At the, yeah, she, yes. uh, there would probably be a time by which you were expected to be in or out, like you know, and you would have to wake her up if you were coming. Up, like <laughs> for the sheer fact of coming and going at keeping my own hours and doing whatever the hell I want to, you can't bring a girl back to your mom's place. Like that, just <laughs> you know, you can't do that. Like all these reasons, I couldn't ever go back home. Man, well. Luckily, currently, none of us seem like we have to do that. I mean, Johnny, temporarily, but it's while he gets moved into a fancy new house. But, you know, my mom would have thought it was the best thing in the world. So I can only imagine that Johnny's mom, you know, thinks it's absolute heaven to have her boy back in the house. Well, we're we're, we're, it's, it's, we're definitely getting on each other's nerves. Oh, there, uh, I can imagine. There was, a, there was a 20 minute conversation about how I didn't want any more meatloaf. Because like no isn't enough. I have to like I have to justify why I'm done eating. Like and, and now now like looking back, it's now I see why I was like three hundred and fifty pounds growing up. Like now I now I see it. I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm done. Thank you. No more. Yeah. I'm good. Wake up at two in the morning and realize there's leftover meatloaf in the fridge. Yeah. <clears throat> so it feels like we've been talking about the Mandalorian trailer for like, what, Will, two months now? Yeah, it's that one thing that is like it was a watched pot that never boiled for I know. Us. It was like at the beginning of August. We were like, mm, any day now. I bet you next week we're talking about it. <laughs> bet you it's this week. Yeah. Next week. <laughs> bet you it's this week. So um, we finally got it. And uh, man, was I stoked. It actually dropped in the middle. So, like, the way my job is working right now, like, when I go to a courthouse for work, I'm typically assigned a very short window of time to get in there and get my work done, right? They're trying to keep as few people in these small spaces as possible. And this one particular place I, I was at on Tuesday when the trailer dropped only allows people in one at a time for an hour block. That's a lot of work I try, got to try to get done in an hour, right? So I'm sitting there type, type, typing away. And I get a message from our buddy King Tom. And it just says, it's here. And I know what he means when it says it's here. But I'm right. going to ask him anyway. You know what I mean? So I'm like, what's here? And he says, Mandalorian trailer. <clears throat> so I get, I set my phone up like up against my computer screen as I'm typing, watching this trailer. So I, my first viewing was not as focused and attentive as I uh, normally like to be for a new Star Wars trailer. Thankfully, since then, I've gotten uh, some more time with it. So I figured that's probably going to be what we want to talk about the most and what we, the three of us probably have the most thoughts on. So, uh, Johnny, since you're the... Uh, extra special guest of the evening why don't you kick it off what'd you think of the trailer what popped up and then we'll just sort of bounce around i'm not planning on doing the whole watch along yeah frame by frame you know type thing uh completely mind blown uh it doesn't disappoint the first thing that hit me was the i don't even know if i can use the word soundtrack but just like the sounds the background sounds of like the city and the aliens like in the beginning i don't even know what it is uh but it 
just just mind blown. Just this this show doesn't disappoint, and it's everything we've been waiting for. Uh, and just the child steals the show again, and yeah, that's that that was my first impression. Yeah, I um I had a very similar first impression. You know, I think the big thing I came away with is the marketing for the Mandalorian thus far has seemed very consistent where they show you cool stuff with no context. You know what I mean? Like going into the first season, we saw a lot of cool stuff in promotion, but it gave us no hints of what the overall story was. Now, naturally that we're a season in and we kind of know the characters in the setup, we have a vague idea, but even this trailer I still don't know what the fuck is going to be going on in this season. Uh, and I really I like I, that. The the rehashing of that line from the foundress, I I think is a good sum up for, you know, where we're headed. And I really <clears> hope, I mean, I doubt, you know, you may not find Baby Yoda's planet this season, but I mean, he clearly, that's what he's got to do. He's got to find his people at the very least. Yeah. And, you know, I, I feel like we've talked about it a good bit since season one ended where the question was, was well, the Mandalorian going to be looking for like other Yodas to return the child to, or is he going to be looking for Jedi? Right. And the way they set up the narration from the armorer in this trailer, it kind of made it seem very specifically about the Jedi, right? Like they right. made sure to definitely include the, the songs of old, tell of stories of Mandalorian versus an ancient group of sorcerers known as the Jedi. Like, so I kind of feel like maybe that's where they're going, but I'm still not convinced that the end goal might not just be, you know, returning them to a big group of Yodas, like the end of ET or some shit. I was yeah. just thinking that. <laughs> so Will, what did you think of the trailer overall before we start jumping into some of the details and stuff? Overall, I think it was the makings for an epic story again, which I think in an immersive galaxy, you know, like just feeling that the Star Wars galaxy is real, mm -hmm. you know, like that's one thing that the Mandalorian has been really good at, I guess, world building or I'm not, that's probably not the right term, but no, I think it is immersion or, mm -hmm. uh, relatability, I guess is what I'm really going for. Like the world is related. It, it feels like a lived in world. It doesn't feel like, like just grounded. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like it's a bunch of, you know, sci-fi panels on the wall of different buildings or stuff. You know, mm -hmm. there's actual life going around. There's that boxing match, you know, oh, like you mean oh, fucking blood sport and star Wars. Right. Kumate. 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 Oh my God, dude. Uh, okay. So you brought it up. Uh, that was probably one of the things that jumped out at me at the most. Cause not only, you know, how often do I talk about fucking blood sport on this show? Right. But it's two Gamorrean guards facing off against each other. And that was the first season two tease, I believe. Yep. Yep. The first thing John Favreau ever released from season two was like a maquette or a, a statue of one of those Gamorreans. So now we know in what context we're going to see them in and a much different looking Gamorrean than were in uh, Jabba's palace. 
We got the Johnny right, Grosso right. Gamorian versus the Halls Burkhart Gamorian in Java's Palace. Yeah, the Dolph Lundgren Gamorian. Yeah. Um, can I say one of the things that I thought was like just seeing it, I was struck how cool it was. What's was that? the damn Bantha with the Tuscan Raider on it? That was pretty cool. Uh, An indicator uh, that we're going to Tatooine. Oh yeah. Back, I mean, yeah, back the, to the, the nostalgia just like hit me hard right there. I was like, oh. Yeah, it looks so good. You can tell it's a practical creature. I don't know that it's a, an elephant dressed up in a costume like you know for a New Hope, but regardless, it looked really cool. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that's one of the things I've been struck by with the Mandalorian is when they bring in a classic element from Star Wars, like, you know, a Tusken Raider or an alien race we've seen before. Right. It looks so spot on to the original trilogy version. And Absolutely. like an example of this that I feel like wasn't maybe as successful is a character that I love that showed up in the sequel trilogy and it was uh, Naya Numb right i was so glad he was in there but to me he looked a little off compared to the return of the jedi version and yeah. it might even be that the it was almost too real yeah that's what like, i was going to say they didn't have that that quality back then so it was like too good yeah I, I think the difference is that like the mask or the you know the whole appliance was just way higher quality than the original but because that original is so ingrained in my head, like it always threw me off a little bit. As excited as I was to see him, but right. now it, it, it's go ahead. No, it's just it's almost as if we're used to the uh, plastic Halloween mask look of me and Nub, you know? Right. And yeah. They, and they gave us like fucking the real one. Right. I so high def. You know, yeah. I, I I guess what I'm saying is you could see where they could take that approach to like. Maybe not so much the Tusken Raiders, but like the Banthas and stuff. And they would end up looking technically way better than they did originally, but it would then, you know, it wouldn't really connect or feel the same. But I didn't get that vibe at all. I felt like I was transported back to a new hope seeing that Bantha. <clears throat> was it bigger, Hawes, than Will? It seemed I, huge to me. I mean, for gut, from what I remember, seems like it. I don't know if that's accurate or not. That's a gut feeling. It could have just been the angle, you know, that we saw it in. It could be a little bigger, um, for sure. Maybe that's could a be. maybe that's like a teenager Tuscan Raider. You know what I would like to see? What's that? And we've never seen it, but it's the first image we have in our minds from Obi Wan Kenobi. I want to see like seventy of them walking in single file. Oh man, that would be cool. Oh, that'd be cool. <clears throat> um, We've never seen it. So, Will, you you hit on this when we were talking about it. I mean, you know, between this and the EW article last week, we're definitely going back to Tatooine. Um, and uh, you're not going to hear me complain about that, man. We got so many fake out. Is it Tatooine desert planets in the last five years? Hmm. That like, yeah. Like if, if you need a desert planet. That you've already been to, like that you're probably wanted on, like Tatooine was where he got the the original bounty for the child, right? No, that was Navarro. Oh, Werner Herzog. Yeah, uh, Tatooine is where he met uh, Toro, 
and uh, Boba Fett may that's have right. shown up. Fennec Shand. That's right. That's right. Um, so I guess we have to address sort of the elephant in a costume in the room, and that is Boba Fett and Tatooine. The rumors have been out there. Fucking uh, Tamora Morrison returning as Boba Fett. And there is a screen grab that people have been taking. Yeah. Uh, have you seen it, Will? Have you seen it, Johnny? Is it the back shot of a speeder? Yes. Uh, some, yeah. Okay, yeah, I've seen it. Yes, I've seen it as well. Now, <clears throat> this is one of those things that if I had freeze-framed that scene on my own, I don't know that I would have picked out, oh, that looks like Boba Fett's jetpack and his helmet, right? But... It's one of those things where, like, once somebody points it out, I'm like, hey, they might be on to something here. Um, I'm not going to say one way or the other because we know my Boba Fett policy on this show. I don't let myself get too excited. Yeah, you don't let yourself get uh, too worked up about the Boba Fett stuff. But, With good reason, but <laughs> it looks. looks I like mean, I don't know be. what else it could be. So, that raises the question. Let's, let's go into hypothetical land, my dudes. If that is the Mandalorian rad, riding on a uh, swoop bike or a speeder, and he has Boba Fett's jetpack and his helmet strapped to that speeder, why? Oh, I don't know that my brain could comprehend why. <clears throat> so. I have a theory. Okay, go for it. Okay. This is this is kind of like more of the if Boba Fett's in the show, what role does he play? Like I remember Hawes a long time ago. I asked you, you know, there's a chance that you might see Boba Fett as the bad guy and the Mandalorian is the good guy, right. and your heart would be rooting against your beloved character. So the other way to to spin that is a Marvel team up, if you will. Oh, that's and that I would want. be like Hawes Heaven, right? Like the Mandalorian <laughs> and Boba Fett team up to save the child. Uh, so then, why would his armor be on the back of a speeder? So maybe the Mandalorian is rescuing Boba Fett. You know. So you're you're not far off from my thoughts on this, right? So <clears throat> the other rumor that has been going around is that the actor Timothy Oliphant is appearing in this show as potentially the character from the aftermath series, Cobb Vanth, who in those books <clears throat> purchases what appears to be Boba Fett's armor from a group of Jawas. And then he becomes like <clears throat> the sheriff on Tatooine wearing the busted up armor of Boba Fett. So if that is the case, if that turns out to be true and Cobb Vanth is going to show up in the show first, you would have to assume it'll be first in the Boba Fett armor. Uh, if he ain't wearing that jetpack and that helmet, something tells me things don't go too good, too well for old buddy Cobb Vanth. That's what I'm saying. It looks like, it, you know, Din Djarin may relieve him of his, you know, his fake persona. Now, does that mean, I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of hard because I'm so attached, but I can see a situation where Din goes to Tatooine for some reason, 
after he pretty recently caused a bit of a uh, a dust up, right? He he killed a, a bounty hunter there. The whole thing with Finnick Shand went down. So I can see a situation where this sheriff of Tatooine, if you will, is interested in tracking down the person responsible for this. So maybe he shows up and, and the Mandalorian's like, dude, you're not a Mandalorian. Why are you wearing that armor? He just takes his helmet off and he's like, hi, how are you? And like, <laughs> Jinjar and like, like, what are you doing? That's not the way. Yeah. Not even speaks. Just immediately proceeds to whipping his ass and stripping him of that armor. Yeah. So, okay, let's let's assume that in in the chronological like chronology of this show that happens first. So, does Boba Fett find out that Din has the armor and comes looking for Di- for Din, or is it even could it be a situation where Din is? Trying to get the armor for Boba? I I have this thing in my head. Like, maybe it's salvage. Like, maybe in his journeys on Tatooine, he comes across it. You know, either Cobb Vanth or, or, you know, somewhere else. And in the process, he is either stolen from him or Tamora Morrison, you know, reclaims it. Yeah, I, I don't know. It... If that's really what's going on on the back of that speeder bike, it raises a lot of questions for me as far as the storyline goes. Maybe, maybe after narrowly escaping the Sarlacc pit, Boba Fett's like, fuck this shit, I'm retiring. <laughs> I'm getting too old for this shit. Right. He sells his armor. And I mean, it's a fresh that. start. Yeah. You know, if all yeah. your enemies think you're dead, you can get up to a lot. That's not a bad point, Will. <clears throat> that's a pretty good point. Um, so another thing that I think we should discuss is uh, who I initially, like I said, I was not paying super close attention, who I initially thought was Ahsoka in the trailer, but has since been confirmed to be the actress and pro wrestler Sha- Sasha Banks that shows up in the trailer. Um. What do you guys think about that moment? That's cool. The little tease that you assume is Ahsoka, but it's not. Yeah, I mean, it's so, like I said, originally I thought it was Ahsoka. Wasn't paying super close attention on further inspection. You know, she doesn't, doesn't have... Look, yeah. I she, paused it and zoomed in. It doesn't really look like Ahsoka. Well, and she doesn't have any, you know, uh, special effects makeup going on. No face markings. Doesn't really look like the hood would allow for any sort of head tails like Ahsoka right. has. Right. Um, she also appears to be, ha- she appears to have sort of like long, dark hair under the robe. <coughs> so that would mo- remove Ahsoka from the equation as well. Uh, and then, you know, the rumor is that it's, it's Ros- Rosario Dawson playing Ahsoka. And this was confirmed to be Sasha Banks. So, pretty safe to assume not ahsoka um i did feel like it was pretty clear given the narration going on at that moment that we're dealing with some sort of force user at this point though right seems highly likely that's that's the feeling i got and and you heard like the sabine rumor too i don't agree with it 
I don't either. And, you know, last week when King Tom was on, we were kind of speculating that possibly Ahsoka, or not Ahsoka, Sasha Banks could be playing Sabine. And, you know, that was just off-the-cuff speculation. Didn't really put too much thought behind it. Like, my reasoning was like, well, in the WWE, she has like really brightly co crazy colored hair. And so does Sabine. Makes sense to me. <laughs> um, but then when, you know, further discussions and stuff I've seen on Twitter, even uh, confirmed by Pablo Hidalgo, apparently. Not that I have access to his Twitter. I saw someone with a screenshot of it. Uh, Sabine is meant to be someone of like Asian heritage, right? So, if you you got to figure they're going to take that sort of thing into account, especially with Dave Filoni being involved. So, it doesn't really seem like Sasha Banks would be playing that role. And given the, the dark robe and the fact that, you know, during the trailer they say, you know, an ancient group of warrior sorcerers known as the Jedi. And exactly at that moment, it shows Sasha Banks in a dark robe, like... That leads me to believe she might be force More than meets the eye. Yeah, like she might be some sort of force user. Um, maybe even uh, dark side, given the color of the robe. You know, that's pretty classic Star Wars giveaway. If you got a force user that's using a dark robe, they typically aren't on the good side. I don't know. Return of the Jedi Luke was all blacked out, right? Yeah, he was, but I think that was sort of like symbolism to sort of I make see. you wonder, like, is he going to go to the dark side? Is Well, young me thought it was badass. Oh, me too, man. Old ass me thinks it's badass. Yeah, all me black, too. black, cape, black, robe, well, black, well, love, his, black his, his robe is brown, but everything else is, is all blacked out. Like, his outer right. cloak is brown, like a dark right. brown. <clears throat> um. Johnny, oh, I just thought of a sick theory. What's that? The Mandalorian ends. The show ends with Din dropping off the child to Luke's Jedi Academy. See, I really like that idea, but we know shit doesn't go real well at that academy. So I don't know that that equals which, which makes it more heartbreaking. Yeah, I could see that, but man, what a Kylo bummer! Kylo killed the child. What a bummer way to end the series on. You're like, oh, sweet. He's with the jet. Oh, shit, actually. <laughs> um, it's going to have to be someone with longevity. I mean, it doesn't have to be, but to rear a child that it takes so long to age requires someone that can live that long to see the job through. I mean, maybe not, but like, I don't know that Din Djarin's future is, you know, sealed like i got a feeling the dude's gonna die at some point you already damn near killed him at the end of the first season yeah i mean you know there's there's no guarantee that din makes it out alive i it's would gonna be... be his sacrifice that affords the child a chance or something yeah yeah i could or see that, that saves the child from the dark side or something um but you could also see like right if there are um if there are like bounty hunters and stuff out there looking for this baby Yoda, you got to imagine that there's going to be force users out there looking for him too. 
And I saw a really interesting theory on Twitter, and I believe it was Jesse Shop. I think that's how you say his last name. Who said? He, I thought you meant. I thought you meant Jesse. Jesse for a second there. No, if if that was the case, I'd be like Jesse had a really interesting theory. She told it to me the other day. Um, that maybe Sasha Banks is one of the alkalites of the Beyond. Now, why I think that could make a lot of sense is the alkalites of the Beyond are yet another element from the aftermath books, much like Cobb Vanth. And they are these, like, uh, I don't know what you'd call them, like, dark side devotees who, like, worship Darth Vader. They're, like, super obsessed with Vader and the dark side and things like that. At one point, they buy what they assume to be Darth Vader's lightsaber from someone. <clears throat> and you got to imagine that um, if those Jokers are around during this time period, uh, a baby Yoda... That, that's that attuned to the force at that young of age is going to be of interest to them. So I wouldn't be surprised if that turns out to be what it is. They're already that pulling in sense. elements from the book, uh, those books as it is like, you know, I think it's just as likely as a lot of other theories. Right. Um. So we've, we've talked in the last few months a lot about oh this person supposedly showing up in the Mandalorian this person this person that person we got seemingly and no indication except maybe that armor on the back of the speeder bike of any of these characters showing up did that we'll start with you on this one Johnny did that surprise you that we didn't see a glimpse of Ahsoka or Sabine or anybody no I'm not surprised because I I still am not a hundred percent sold you're gonna see either one of them in the show i mean the rosario dawson thing kind of went away i don't know if it's because they wanted it to go away and try to like keep the surprise because i, I remember one of the first things i said on twitter was wow if this is true like i'm actually upset they ruined the surprise right you know and but so it was never confirmed or anything uh so i'm actually kind of hoping that Ahsoka and Sabine aren't in it because the show's just so strong on its own with its original authentic characters. I don't need them to pull in Clone Wars characters to strengthen the show. You know? Yeah. Just do your own thing. I mean, to me, cool guest appearances in this show are fine if they make sense in the era they're set in, right? And we know in this era of Star Wars that Ahsoka and Sabine are out doing their thing together so them coming across Din Djarin like it's not too far-fetched for me to imagine and I will say something that was a big sort of like um red flag for me last week in the EW article in that article they mentioned oh it's been rumored that Ahsoka Boba Fett blah 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 are going to show up in season two of the Mandalorian. And I can't say for sure, but I have to imagine that Lucasfilm or Disney have say in what is included in those articles. Right. And if they didn't they'll want... hit you with a cease and desist, if they don't like what you're saying, well, not even that, like they're 
they're giving EW these exclusive pictures, these interviews, like they're going to get a pass at the final article and be able to say like, uh, we don't want that in there. Like, don't put that in there. So the fact that that showed up in those art, that article made me think those rumors are more true than not, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> What'd you think, Will, about none of that stuff showing up in the trailer? I, I, I think they were just trying to save it for the big reveals. You know, Mandalorian's been good, uh, you know, was in the first season about reveals, you know, like the baby, the child was a huge reveal that right. didn't get leaked. You know, I think they want, I think they know they have to do that again. And if you have to juggle a bunch of different things to try to make sure you keep the main thing hidden, like it makes sense that you wouldn't give away the game through marketing in an article or something. Right. Yeah. And, and look, you're talking to someone who, if they had included an image of Boba Fett or Ahsoka in the trailer, I would have been over the moon excited, but not as excited if I, as I'm going to be whenever that happens in the show and I have no idea that it's coming, you know, like right. you talked about the child last year when season five aired and it ended with that teaser of the steps with the spurs and that like scanning noise. Right. Like that sort of hinted at Boba Fett. Like that is and will always be. Well, who knows? We'll see how it turns out this season. But as of right now, that is one of my all time favorite moments watching Star Wars. Because at that point, wow. I resigned myself to. Well, Boba Fett's not going to be involved in this show, you know? So, right. like, that surprise that they threw in that little hint <clears throat> and the fact that the next morning I got to harass everybody I knew with my crazy Boba Fett theories and <laughs> shit. Yeah. One of my favorite moments in Star Wars ever, not just in modern era, from four-year-old halls sitting on the green shag couch watching A New Hope for the first time. Since then, one of my favorite moments. And, it sounds uh, like a nice shag couch. It's the it's the couch that I burned with the He-Man figure when I was a kid. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um. So yeah, I um. I lost my train of thought. I hit a pothole. No, it's not fault. your fault. Um. Johnny said, "What's something else that jumped out at you in the trailer?" Mm, just that. Well, kind of everything we talked about. It, um, I slightly disagree with you. Like, I think we know exactly where season two is going. You think? You know, by the voiceover. Like, yeah. So, so season one was I'm going to protect this child at all costs. Season two is I'm going to get this child home at all costs. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, so I think it'll be that's that's the direction of the show. Like uh, uh, that. So I was kind of convinced that's where we're going with it. Um, I didn't know about the Boba Fett tease until those like screenshots you mentioned. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's like where my mind's been going, you know, this whole time. Like, how's he going to fit in? How's he going to fit in? Um, the um, bird, uh, I keep thinking birds of prey. Uh, the the weapon was uh, whistle uh, whistling birds. Was there? Thank you. Oh my uh, god! Birds of 
pray, Jesus. So that that was the that was the coolest part of the trailer. Right. You know? Oh my he god, whipped, it was so cool. Dude, he whips that out, the child freaking uh oh. Like you know, boop, boop. Dude, like yeah, he closes the bubble. That so steals it. Great. Like th- that is the perfect shot to include in a trailer. You know what I mean? Like because everybody loves baby Yoda and like you immediately saw people using that gif in memes like minutes after the trailer people had a gif of that moment and were like you know here's a funny joke in this gif of baby Yoda closing himself up in his pram like a brilliant shot to include in the trailer because after season one like you kind of think baby Yoda can't get any cooler or cuter. And they're like, nah, man, we got you. We're going to keep our baby Yoda fans fed on baby Yoda content. Yeah. And that was the only shot of them. No. Like, like main shot, right? No. Cause it, the the show, they're standing on the snow planet and he kneels down to him. That's the one other one that springs. Oh yeah. Yeah. Thank and you. then there's right. also the like the very beginning shot when he's like when the narration is like this creature caused so much destruction and the Mandalorian steps out of the shadow and then like shortly thereafter baby Yoda comes out as well. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um I'm glad you brought up the snow planet, Will. What'd you think yeah, about that? I mean, you know, again, one's gonna assume, oh, it could be Hoth, it could be Hoth. And it could, but it could just as likely not be. I mean, yeah, well, you know, um, it could be the Star Killer planet. It could be Ilum. That's what that see. So I've seen two cool theories going around. One of them is Ilum, which I think would be really cool, um, to see in the Mandalorian because it would be be before the First Order's there, fucking it all up, turning it into Star Killer, uh, base. And if Ilum is a place that has become known as like a site of a Jedi pilgrimage, it would kind of make sense to why maybe Din would go there. Mm. You know, like looking for evidence of Jedi and stuff. That's true. Um, the other theory that I saw that I thought was kind of neat was maybe it's that snow planet from the end of Clone Wars. where oh. The one where Ahsoka's ship crashes? Yeah. Yeah. And oh god, How, can, can you imagine if you see the clone troopers' helmets like yeah. you do in that shot in real life? That would be really cool, right? Yeah. And if you, our look, man Corey would freak out. Yeah, he would. If you um, if you look in the background of the shot of Baby Yoda, like the close up shot, there's a ship in the background. You don't see much of it, but it looks all messed up. And to me, it looks kind of like one of the clone trooper gunships from the clone wars um you don't get a super close look at it and for all i know it could be uh the razor crest but well i mean the opening scene the razor crest where it's limping along like it's not in good shape that's tense it is like oh something bad you know something bad happens in space Mm mm-hmm um one other thing I wanted to bring up, really cool, X-Wings, man. I'm going to get excited X-Wings. to see fucking X-Wings in this uh, in 
this show again. We got a brief look at him last All <laughs> the alien. There was a Zabrak in there. Um, and to see like the X-Wing seemingly chasing the Razor Crest and then maybe yeah. es- escorting the Razor Crest at some point. Yeah, I kind of felt the escort vibe. Yeah, because the way it pulls up next to him, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, the, but there's the shot of them in like the atmosphere, which isn't too unlike something we're going to be talking about in just a couple minutes. But um, where the Razor Crest is seemingly like being chased by one, but that could be, you know, way out of context for all we know. <clears throat> and, you know, how trailers work and stuff. So it would be interesting to see. What's going on with those X-Wings? And who's in those X-Wings? What if we got a vocal cameo from Luke Skywalker in an X-Wing? Oh, that would be cool. I'm not saying it's likely. But when I see an X-Wing, I think of Luke Skywalker sometimes. So it kind of popped in my head. I mean, he clearly was... What'd you say, buddy? I was just saying he clearly was pimping around in an X-Wing up until the end. <clears throat> yeah because there's one uh under the water yeah that's true uh, on Oct two the one thing is is you gotta wonder if like din jaren ran into luke skywalker like wouldn't that be kind of the end of his search for someone to take care of baby yoda much like johnny was talking about earlier like wouldn't that mm-hmm. be like wouldn't he be like hey i'm a jedi i'm luke so you see what i'm saying i don't know unless Unless Luke knows he doesn't have the time to take care of an infant. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I would see. that takes a lot of time and attention. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't have a lot of time to teach young Jedi. <laughs> well, yeah, I could. Totally. And you're in a very, like, um, specific situation to speak on that that I have no experience with. So I'll definitely t- defer to you on that. But I just imagine like Luke Skywalker coming across a baby version of the one of the Jedi Masters that trained him. Like, I think he would have some interest in that. I mean, I'm sure he would. <clears throat> I'm not saying he might not guide him to the right hands, you know. Right. Um, but yeah, super stoked with the trailer. Love that it didn't give too much away. Like, seems like there's plenty of surprises in store uh, coming up in season two. And we're only about a month and a half away at this point. So I love surprises. I, uh, I can't wait to, Oh, did, uh... oh sorry. No, go ahead. So did you, did you see the director list that was floating around Twitter? Yes. Uh, apparently John Favreau was directing the first episode. Um, Peyton Reed and uh, Robert Rodriguez are directors. Rick Fama. Um, I believe obviously Bryce is back. Yep, Bryce Dallas Howard, Dave Filoni. Um, I can't remember the rest of them. The the three new ones are seemingly are John Favreau, Rick, Fa- or not Rick, Fama, you, uh, Robert Rodriguez and Peyton Reed. Um, no Deborah Chow, but that makes sense with her focusing on the 
Obi-Wan series at this point. No Taco Waititi. I was a little disappointed as well. Yeah. And Chow not being involved. I remember a few months back him saying that he wasn't able to direct one this season because of commitments to other stuff. So, I mean, we got yeah. the dude working on his whole own ass Star Wars movie at this point. So, I'll take missing him out as a director on uh, season two of The Mandalorian for that, you know? Right. And and same thing with Deborah Chow. She's she's doing Obi-Wan Kenobi. So, like, that's a good excuse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but, uh, can, I, can I weigh in on Robert Rodriguez real quick? Yeah, sure. So, um, I don't know if you guys saw, you probably saw Desperado yep. with Antonio Banderas, which like started his career and Selma Hayek, which started her career. Um, but the movie, so he did that. And then the movie, the independent movie he did, which got him that movie is called El Mariachi. El Mariachi. Right. I don't know if you guys saw that one. I did. Uh, okay. So I guess what I'm trying to say is ultra action packed and violent. And he's doing the season and assuming the order of directors in which it was listed in, on Twitter is the order in which they're doing the episodes. Like you said, like, oh, Favreau's doing the first one so that if he's doing the last one, like we might be in for like one Desperado El Mariachi action packed ultra violent space battle to wrap that, would up that be cool. season, which would be sick. That Hell, would be cool. A- our gunfight would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You can see how his style would mesh with like a show about what is essentially a Star Wars gunslinger, right? Like it makes a lot of sense. Um what was the last movie Robert Rodriguez did? Can't even remember. So unfortunately, after like a couple really good movies, he went the whole like like um, Danny Trejo B-rate action movies like Armored Cars from Hell type thing like nothing good is what I'm getting at like you know um, I don't I don't have it the name in front of me but like one movie was about like an armored car you know just that crazy yeah and I knew he did a lot of like uh, sort of kids movies as well where he did like you know he did the whole Spy Kids uh, franchise and stuff um, I guess his last right. real big movie was, oh, I forgot about this, Alita Battle Angel. He did that, which was that oh, yeah, long, gestating, like, Jim Cameron, James Cameron project that he ended up taking over. Which my dad enjoyed. Really? Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen it yet. I'm sure I'll check it out eventually. <clears throat> um, So, we didn't just get a Mandalorian trailer, and... Uh, I actually feel kind of bad for this next thing we're going to talk about because it came out the day before the Mandalorian trailer and people were very stoked on it. Not that they aren't still, but I do feel like, you know, I mean, and it can't be helped. You put out a trailer for the season two of the Mandalorian, just about anything Star Wars related is going to get eclipsed. But they released a CGI short movie, cinematic, whatever you want to call it, a video to promote Star Wars Squadrons this week. And it was animated by ILM. John Knoll was involved. 
and uh, it's entitled Hunted, and man, is it cool. It's really good. There's a lot of story there. Mm-hmm. I mean, talk about emotional value. By the end of it, you're totally invested. Yeah, and just to give a quick synopsis before we talk about it, I don't think we're going to get nearly as much mileage out of it as we did the Mandalorian trailer. It basically shows the last moments of a battle between the Empire and the Rebellion, and it focuses on a TIE fighter pilot named Varco Gray, who basically gets abandoned on the space battlefield after the Empire uh, retreats and then deals with him being hunted by this one lone X-Wing pilot through space and then the atmosphere on a planet and they duke it out and it's really cool. Um, Will, what did you think of this one? I mean, I loved it. I mean, you know me, I'm a sucker for a story, even one that doesn't need words. So like it's really well told. It's really involved. The emotion, the emotional weight of the relation to the characters is significant for what it is. Uh, and I wonder how much gameplay is going to feel like that because that was like a one-on-one, like that dude hunted that guy down from space into atmosphere and they had a dog fight in a Canyon. Like, I wonder how much of that gameplay will actually happen feel, you know, and that may have just been for show for the story, but I think that you know, was, you assume the big battle stuff will happen. Yeah. Uh, I'll say, mm, got to be careful here. Big battle stuff. You're in for that Uh, sort of one on one chasing through the atmosphere of a planet and a canyon and, you know, that kind of stuff. I don't know that you should count on that. I think that was more of like a tone sort of thing for the the game. Now, who knows? Maybe kind of like the end of Independence, not the end, but Independence Day when Will Smith is shaking off the UFO. Right. But, uh, you know, maybe something to that effect happens somewhere in the story, but I wouldn't count on it being hugely uh, similar. Now, I do think if you watch, you'll see a lot of elements that are going to be present in the game. Like, you can see how, you know, the TIE fighter pilot sort of redirects the power in his TIE fighter to try and get the drop on the X-Wing. You see him drop the, like, anti-missile ordinance or whatever to get that missile off his back. So I do think there are elements of gameplay in there. Um, uh, I don't know. I thought it was really cool. I thought there would be one when he was tucked away waiting for the the X-Wing to pass uh, when his stuff was breaking down into space, you know, like he was leaking gas out of one wing or something. Right. I thought there was going to be a little screen where he reroutes power or, you know, does something to stop that leak because I know that, you know, you know, managing your your shields and engines and firepower is supposed to be part of it, right? It definitely is. Um, what did you I, think, I John? I thought there would be a little more of that. Yeah, um, visually stunning. Um, I was was blown. Uh, I I am more. Confused. Well, oh, before I ask you a question, what it reminded me of, like uh, w- w- uh, either you or Will mentioned the one-on-one like dogfight aspect of it, 
uh-huh. uh, kind of reminded me of my favorite space battle between ships was actually in Attack of the Clones between Obi-Wan Kenobi's uh, Jedi Starfighter and Slave uh, piloted by Django, of course, and right. both a sitting shotgun. Uh, so that's what it reminded me of. And remember that, like, real cool sound effect when he sent off that charge? Like, yeah, the, the seismic roll. charge or whatever? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so it really reminded me of that, and I thought that was really cool. Um, but, like, I'm with Will. Like, I don't know how much of that is the quote-unquote cutscene uh, movie footage and how much of it is actual gameplay. And after watching that, that, that short film, it's not even a trailer, it was six minutes long, after watching that short film... I am more confused now than ever how this game's going to go. Because when I first heard about it, and I was like, oh, cool, my favorite part of Battlefront, you know, the only part of Battlefront that I actually enjoy playing is the, uh, the, the, the what is it called, Starfighter? Or, mm-hmm. I mean, um, is that what it's called, Starfighter? Yeah. Uh, part, okay. Yeah. So it's like, oh, so they took my favorite part of Battlefront, and they're making a whole big game out of it. Like, I'm all in. But now after after watching this short film, I'm like, is that what I'm getting? Like, I don't know. Um, you're getting more of uh, that part of Battlefront, but greatly expanded. You know, there's going to be a lot more for you to do, like inside your ship, as far as like managing stuff and different types of weapons and missiles and things like that. <clears throat> but it, don't watch this short film thinking that's the type of like that's what the gameplay is going to be like all the time you will get in dog fights and stuff and you will get chased by other players or chase other players but it's not going to be quite that dynamic you know um this it is, was cool to see the big imperial dock rings from battlefront you know that you mm-hmm. kind of assault mm-hmm that was cool to see <laughs> yeah and and you know if anything this this show or this the cinematic was more meant to give you sort of the vibe of the story that's going on in the game. And it sprinkles in little bits of gameplay elements in there. Um, the one thing I've seen going around on Twitter and stuff a lot is people saying like, they should make a whole show like this. And yeah, that would be yeah, awesome. They should. That would be tight. Of course I would love that. The problem is, <clears throat> That quality of animation is way more expensive than your Rebels or your Clone Wars or your Resistance. Um, I actually tried to look it up. I read this article a couple years back that detailed how much Blizzard spends on a World of Warcraft cinematic. Because World of Warcraft does a very similar thing when they announce new expansions to that game. They put out a long cinematic that sort of gives you <clears throat> an idea of where the story is going and the main players. They're beautiful. Like, I would say they're probably even a little higher quality than this most of the time. Um, and I read an article that talked about how insanely expensive it is, and I couldn't find that article, and I was trying to do my research on, like, how much a, a, you know your typical Clone Wars episode cost versus this type of animation. But... I'll just say, like, if you were to do an animated series, you know, 25 to 30 minute episodes at this animation quality, vastly more expensive than the type of Star Wars animation we get right now and much longer to produce. 
So while it would be awesome and, you know, never say never, there's a reason we get Star Wars CGI animated shows at the quality that they are, which a lot of times is very good, but it's not like this level quality, you know? <clears throat> and that's, it's a, it's a simple cost thing. Um, Do you think we're going to get out of the ships in this game? No. Completely in ships. I think your campaign, your story campaign will probably be, I don't know, five to six hours long. You know, you'll play a few missions on each side. And then it's it's basically going to be showing you the ropes of how all the different ships and their different weapons and ordinances work and then get you ready to play multiplayer. If I had to guess, that's exactly what you're in for. You know, we're not looking at a $60 game here. So you, you got to know that going into that, that it's not going to have quite as long of a campaign as other games. It's not going to have as many multiplayer modes. There's only two right now. So, <clears throat> you know, there's there's good things and bad things that come along with sort of these lower-priced games like this. Um, but I have a very good feeling it's going to be fun. That's all I'll say. <clears throat> um, so is there anything else you guys wanted to talk about out of this? I don't know that there's much. I mean, if you Nothing haven't seen it. coming to mind. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's really cool. Um, but I don't... I, uh... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Um, I would like to uh, request HasLab to do an X-wing because, uh, mm. based, I mean, both both things we discussed tonight the, the the trailer for the video game and the trailer for the Mandalorian both like showed X-wings looking magnificent. And yep. I I want I mean at least give us a Black Series X-wing, you know, but. Haslab X-Wing would be phenomenal. I like. I want a really nice X-Wing. Well, I mean, if Haslab were to do an X-Wing, I could see it being, you know, Black Series. Because they put out a vintage collection X-Wing for Episode Nine. They put out two of them. They put out Poe's and Luke Skywalker's. And I have both, and they are mm, chef's kiss beautiful. They're great. Uh, so if Haslab was going to do an X-Wing, I would think you would have to bump it up to, like, Black Series size. And yeah. supposedly, now that the Sentinel has been funded and that HasLab is over, the rumors going around is that the next one is Star Wars related. So, I wouldn't be surprised. X -Wing, what are some of your theories? X-Wing is hot. I don't have theories as much as I have stuff I'd like to see. X-Wing is definitely one of them. Razor Crest. Like a shiny Razor Crest. Like three and three quarter scale, I could get way behind that. I would definitely be inclined to back that project. Well, um, but if it's Haslab, I want the the six inch scale. You know, buddy, uh, a six inch scale Razor Crest would be bigger than my kitchen table, though. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's like you know they did the sail barge, and that wasn't six inch scale. That was three and three quarter inch scale. Oh. Uh... What am I thinking of? The, the TIE Fighter, right? Yeah, yeah, you're thinking of the TIE Fighter. <laughs> I think as far as something six-inch scaled, our best bet would be an X-Wing, and even that's going to be pretty big. 
but you know that's what HasLab is for big crazy projects i've also heard you know people throw around like maybe a really crazy death star playset could be something they would do and That'd i could cool. see that being cool that would be neat it would <clears throat> all right guys you guys want to uh we got three voicemails on deck tonight you guys want to hear from some folks you know us all right well let me play a little song and then we'll jump right into that Kia D. Kia D. Kia D. Cockhead. The only Jedi master who can crash box. Kia D. Cockhead. Running around slaying bitches with his cockhead. He's a big Surian stud. He loves to split chicks with his pud. Kia D. Cockhead. To stroke his cone and suck on his balls. Kia D. Cockhead. What you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge, but he'll be plumping spooge tomorrow! Cockhead! Blue Herb! Cockhead! Hansberger! Cockhead! Will Witt! Cockhead! Goose Paint! Cockhead! G-Money! Cockhead! King Tom! Cockhead! Joe! Cockhead! K&D! Cockhead! Cockhead! All righty then. Our first voicemail tonight is from King Tom, the king of all Toms. Let's hear what he has to say. Hey there, Hawes and Will. I recently finished the Afro audio drama they put out. I liked the story, even though it was a version of something we heard before, because I like the character of Dr. Afro from the comics, but to be honest, I'm not... I played... The wrong one, I think. I did. That was his last one. This is the right one. Hey there, Hawes and Will. So, those two pieces of video we got this week, the Squadrons, Cinematic Whatever, and the Mando trailer, both pretty great in completely different ways. I got a question about the Mando trailer, though. <laughs> it was very entertaining, even if it told us nothing. And, and I do like how they didn't really give us any of the cameos we've been told to expect but probably the most talked about uh, or you know speculated about scene in the trailer was the cloaked woman portrayed by who we believe to be sasha banks and i've seen pretty much everything attributed to her my theory is that she is not a jedi but maybe someone connected to the jedi and I was wondering if that were the route they were going with her, because you know she looks too young to have survived Order 66, and I think it's too soon for Luke to have gotten his Jedi people back up. Uh, so, you know, maybe someone associated with the Jedi. What kind of character, uh, especially this early on, because keep in mind the Empire really isn't in power anymore, the you know, re Republic is starting out, maybe people are not as scared to be as openly affiliated with the Jedi as they used to be. Um, but what kind of character would you want to see, if not played by Sasha Banks, played by someone else who's affiliated with the Jedi? I mean, 
you could have someone who's the church of the force or guardians of the wills or one of those other groups. I kind of like the idea of um, like a, a historian or a scholar, like they tried to make um, Beaumont Kin in The Rise of Skywalker, the guy who was played by Charlie Pace from Lost, uh, you all, everybody. Um, you know, I, I know the character didn't really work out great in that movie and he took a bunch of stuff from Rose, but I, I really like the idea of something focusing on a character like that. But I wanted to see if you had any ideas for other Jedi-affiliated people who aren't necessarily Jedi. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for the great podcast. I'll talk to you later, and you all, everybody! <laughs> Johnny, what do you got for that one, buddy? Yeah, I I agree with him. I don't think she's going to be, you know, anyone, like, super important, like uh, Sabine or anybody like that. And, and I like his theory that she's not even a Jedi, but maybe, like, a mysterious character <laughs> that just helps Din along his journey. That, that really makes more sense to me, for sure. Something he said, or when, when he was talking, something that popped in my head that I think would be kind of cool to see. What if she's a former Inquisitor? <laughs> that would be crazy. Man, I could see that being neat. You know? Like, when, when Filoni's in the mix, you gotta wonder, like, what elements of his. Not like... And I don't even mean an Inquisitor we've seen before. Because we don't know how many of those Jokers were out there necessarily. So she could be a, you know, one we've never seen. Um, and I assume there were still Inquisitors through like most of the original trilogy era. Um, what about you, Will? You got one? Um, you know, I was thinking all the examples of who she could be from the light side that... Um king tom gave were good i mean that that's basically where my mind went but then i thought about in clone wars do you remember when yoda basically is trying to speak to the force itself mm -hmm. or the embodiment of the force itself and it basically is like five different masks mm -hmm. i wonder if anyone else has had interaction with that entity or that collection of entities because if they do it seems like it can set you on a, a a course to the light side of the force, you know, if it doesn't guide what you do. But that mere interaction could be a spark that. Yeah. And they I feel like it's even kind of insinuated that maybe those are the quote unquote wills in that episode. Okay, right? All right. I don't know that I for mean, sure, it, but that's I've always kind of what I thought. Not too, too long ago, but right. I mean. It was a while. They never say that. They never say like, oh, Yoda's never never like, yo, I just hung out with the Wills. You know, it's just mm. kind of seemed like it, I guess. Um, because, okay. you know, I know Yoda is super powerful to interact with them, but I don't know that necessarily you have to be that powerful to interact with them. They just have to well, want to interact with you. Right. You especially if the force is at play and you're... Right. And you're in charge of something really important, like a baby Yoda, you know? Right, right. That's something we haven't, you know, I, I haven't necessarily considered is that, like, the Force may uh, at times take hold of this situation and guide Din in a certain direction, even though he, you know, as far as we know, has no sort of Force sensitivity. Um, of the ones King Tom mentioned, I gotta say, like, the idea of her being... uh a guardian of the wills like right Churret, that would be kind of cool too that would be cool all monk like <laughs> um 
you know, that's just an element that seems so confined to that one movie that I do think would be neat to explore some more at some point. The whole idea of these guardians of the wills who, you know, they're not Jedi, but they're clearly associated with the force in some way. All right. Next up, we have a voicemail from the newly minted intercontinental com intercontinental tom hey Oz and will this is tom in sweden uh i guess you guys got quite a lot of mail to work through uh this evening what with that trailer and all uh yeah looks great um just looks like it's going to be a really fun time something that i really like and that they are really uh, good at is taking stuff that you're familiar with and then placing it in a kind of a new context like seeing those speeder bikes just drop over oh. that cliff we haven't seen that before but it just yeah that feels cool. right you know yeah that's what a speeder bike would do if you drove it off a cliff looks fantastic i'm uh, i'm pumped i can't wait um here in sweden disney plus just launched yesterday now obviously i did i have seen the entire entirety of season one multiple times but it's nice to to be watching it uh on its official uh, platform. Um, I also wanted to mention that EA uh, animated short Hunted that was awesome. I loved it. Wow. Um, I always feel like, you know, I, the dogfights in, in Star Wars are awesome, but of course they are limited in time, you know, to keep the story moving. Uh, but, uh, yeah, really exciting, really stylish. I loved that. Um, here's a question for you guys. You guys are foodies. Um, Will especially knows his way around the kitchen. So I wanted to ask you, what food in the Star Wars galaxy would you most like to try? Would it be, um, Luke's emergency rations that he breaks out on Dagobah or Yoda's (laughs) stew? that causes Luke to make that face? Would it be maybe the barbecued porg? Or perhaps that fruit that Anakin uh, shares with uh, Padme in episode two? Which Star Wars food would you most like to try? All right, this is the Intercontinental Tom signing off. Will, take it away, buddy. This is yours first. All right, I would like to try Whatever that thing Jar Jar ate off the string, uh, he ate that thing whole. Like I don't know what the <laughs> like. It's probably supposed to be prepared and chopped up, but that man ate the whole thing right off the string. Oh whoopee whoopee! Uh, yeah. Also, I would like to try Yoda's stew. I I would be down to try Yoda's stew. Yeah, man. Because I don't know that it's necessarily that gross. Luke Skywalker was being really kind of a bitch at that moment in time, so. Uh, <laughs> It may have wow. been his emotional state that tainted the flavor of the stew. Yeah, you get a little root leaf and crumble it up on top of the stew as a garnish. I don't even know what I'm doing here. <laughs> not eating delicious soup is what you're not doing. Uh, provided by a great warrior. Man, that giant Slim Jim that uh, Yoda tries from uh, Luke's rations. Like, I would try it, that. As a kid, there was this, like, it wasn't a candy bar, but it was like, it's Chico this stick. orange stick, Chico sticks. There you go. Like, yep. That's what I thought it was. I thought that's what I thought it was. Yeah, it's a Chico stick is like just the inside of a Butterfinger, right? With no chocolate around it. Yeah. Um, 
you know what I what always looked tasty to me is the spread that Maz Kanata has for everybody in her castle. Like when they're all sitting around talking to Maz, eating all that weird alien looking food. Um Yeah, very colorful. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not trying to be biased, but fuck that fruit Anakin was chopping up in episode two. Fuck it's, that fruit. It's just it's a, a pear. Like, a pear. I'm going to go to special. the... I could try that shit right now. I'm you go touch to a giant tick with those hands and then chop fruit? Well, I guess you didn't touch it with your hands to chop the fruit. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> do you have one, Johnny? Uh, I do, but... Um, although Will made this really great argument for Yoda stew, I would have to kind of look around Dagobah and think (laughs) what is in the stew. And (laughs) although I would be more hospitable than Luke was because, you know, dude cooked you a warm meal. You you know, you got to choke it down. You know, you can't be rude. Like Luke was rude. I agree. Will, but without Yoda in the room, I'm going to pass on the soup because my God, what could possibly be in it? You know? Yeah. That's a good point. Seaweed. Seaweed soup, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> Gila um, monster? Gonna... No, I don't yeah, mind. Right. Um, I'm down with I'm frog gonna... soup. Yeah, that's a thing. Escargo, a little bit. Dude, Jabba um, the Hutt eats them raw. Ugh. Dude. A little raw frog. That's just... I don't want to go too far off task, but give, <laughs> please give me Sorry. more Jabba soon. No, I just... I just to, the, to the Star Wars gods listening, please give us more Jabba. Um, I'm gonna go with the porg. I don't care that people will I hate bet me it's for juicy. This. No, dude, it's all right. it looked great, dude. Well, <laughs> and and even and even you, Haws, like, uh, and and I would like to give a shout out to Goose and his brand new grill. Like that right. thing was barbecued to perfection. Did yeah. you see that golden brown crisp? <laughs> like he got you. Just know it was crispy on the outside and juicy on the inside. That pork. You know what this reminds me of. That twice since starting this podcast, I have gotten contacted by someone whose sole reason for contacting me was to get a hold of Will. In both times, it was for cooking advice about cooking a turkey. The first time was Johnny Grasso, and the second time was just this past Thanksgiving, and it was our buddy Steele. No. So, like, you talking about the golden brown, perfectly cooked porg made me remember the two times I had to, like, get Will in touch with someone because they needed some emergency cooking advice about cooking a turkey. Dude, the last time I did a turkey, I put the Bob's Burgers level of love into that turkey. Bob loves cooking a turkey for Thanksgiving, and that was the TLC I gave to that last bird I made. Nice. Can can we can we have a quick intervention with Will? Why, when it's an emergency, we go to you first, Hawes? Because Steele and I both have Will's cell phone number, but Will's turnaround text time is between forty-eight and seventy-two hours. <laughs> so like, yeah. so if I need that yeah. turkey, like the turkey's in the oven, and I'm like, I don't know how long or what temperature or should I bake? Should I put the butter underneath the skin? Like, I had serious questions that I needed answered, and so I was like, I can't wait the the. The Will 48 to 72 hour text pack time. I go, I, I got to call Hawes and get in touch with I him now. totally understand that. You don't make me feel bad at all. I'll be the first to admit my uh, my text game is weak. 
I get involved in the other things and like they'll they'll pile up and I'll be like, oh, so and so text me, so and so text. He's got a he's in the middle of a spirited uh, debate about Rodan and King Ghidra with his son. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. You guys, no, I gotta I, tell you. Yeah. I there's been two thing two times recently where I wish I had recorded it. I wouldn't have put it up on the feed, but I wish I could have just had it for posterity and to like pass on to Will. But you guys, I had conversations with Will's son's son Liam twice because he's obsessed. We talked about it on the show, right, Will? He's oh, obsessed yeah. with Godzilla right now. Hey, hey, you remember Godzilla? Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember Godzilla. So, hey, you remember Space Godzilla? Yeah, I remember him too. So twice now, Will has put him on Skype with me, and we've had just the best time talking about Godzilla. And like, he's very passionate. He is. He's like, and robot Godzilla. <laughs> he loves it, dude. Just he's gonna ask you. You know about him? Mm-hmm. Do you know about him? Because mm-hmm. if you don't, I'll tell you about him. Oh yeah, man. And I could listen to him. It reminds me. I don't know if I've ever told the the story about me getting banned from show and tell in first grade when I was a kid, because. Oh you know, like it was my first week of school in first grade and our teacher's like, okay, everybody, tomorrow we're going to do show and tell. I have no idea what the fuck show and tell is. So I go home and I tell my parents and they're like, you just take something and you show it to the class and tell them about it. Something cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, well, I know what I'm going to tell my class about star Wars. So I got the star Wars figures I had loaded them up into my backpack and then proceeded to reenact the entire original trilogy in like cliff notes form with Star Wars figures for my class. That's awesome. For Miss and our teacher was Miss Creasy. It was our first grade teacher. And like, dude, I I was loving it. I was on uh, like I, I, my performer was on. I'm telling everybody about Star Wars afterwards like my buddy Steven, who I'm still friends with to this day, is like, that was cool. Let me see those Star Wars figures. Well, next week, right, show and tell rolls around. And, you know, they go in alphabetical order. So it gets to me pretty early. And the teacher skips over me. <gasps> and then after that, after show and tell's over, I go up to her desk and I'm like, you forgot to ask me to come up for show and tell. And she goes, I think you had enough show and tell last week, Halls. Because I took up too much time. Oh, you had show and tell for the year. Yeah, yeah. It was no, like, how about how about how she's like, you fucking ruined the Empire Strikes Back <laughs> surprise ending for me. You fuck, sit down. Yeah, <laughs> that would be awesome if she was just pissed that I I spoiled Star Wars for her. Um, <clears throat> all right, we got one more voicemail and then we'll call it a night, and that is from Jim. Let's hear what he has to say. Hey, Hawes and Will. How about that Mandalorian 2 season trailer? Man, that's awesome. Uh, the the Water Planet, I'm wondering if he's chasing the, uh, Admiral Akbar's nephew or, or whatever uh, from season one. I wonder if he's following up on that. But I wanted to ask you guys about... Ahsoka and Rosario Dawson and Sasha Banks. I know some people were thinking that that was uh, Ahsoka, but of course, you know, we all know better. Um, but 
what how would you guys feel if Sasha Banks was the one that was playing Ahsoka and Rosario Dawson was just like a rumor uh, would you feel happier with with Ahsoka being played with a no name I mean I've never heard of Sasha Banks uh, before this or seen anything she's in or are you guys happy with Rosario Dawson because I think she really fits and I, I'm a little worried that she'll take me out of it but I don't think so I, I just kind of feel like she's already in with the rest of us nerds so she's got like a leg up and we're gonna see her true fan take of Ahsoka and Ahsoka's already in our hearts so I, I don't know I feel like if it was a no-name actor actress I mean actress uh kind of she'd have to kind of work harder but what do you guys think all right ignite the green <clears throat> so I don't think there's any really risk or not risk but I don't I don't think Sasha Banks is playing Ahsoka and to call her like a no name like uh, sure in in the context of Star Wars fandom she's not super well known yet but like she's a super popular figure in professional wrestling she's got a huge fan base in that sort of realm and I know that's a very sort of like niche area of fandom you've got to be into wrestling to know who she is um I like giving inexperienced, like, uh, act, not inexperienced actors, because she's, you know, an actor entertainer, but like m maybe new to television or movies, like, in an inexperienced cinematically, I like giving them a shot because they can really surprise you sometimes. Yeah, and you got to remember, like, Star Wars is kind of built off of elevating people who weren't necessarily the most well known before. Yeah, you know, to like prime time. Um, Mark but Hamill. I do like, uh, I do like that Rosario Dawson might play Ahsoka because, um, you know, I, I like someone who I feel like is a good actor can bring their version of that character to life. I look forward to that. Yeah, yeah, I can totally see that. I um. I mean, I don't know that I would be bummed if someone else besides Rosario Dawson turned out to be Ahsoka if that rumor was just wrong or something. Um, you know, it's it's really all about the performance that you get and how well they portray the character. What do you think, Johnny? Yeah, well, first off, I, I don't mind um, a quote-unquote no-name actor playing anyone in Star Wars because I feel Star Wars is the franchise that gave that opened the door for quote unquote, no name actors. Exactly. Like Star Wars was built on no name actors. Right. So it would almost be very star Warsy if a no name actor played someone hugely popular, like Ahsoka. Um, and part two, uh, we from New Jersey have adopted Rosario Dawson as one of our own because of her, uh, Kevin Smith fandom, uh, allegiance to his films. So I am, looking forward to Rosario Dawson being in any part of any Star Wars film, being from a, uh, an adopted person from New Jersey. Right, right. Yeah, you know, uh, I mean, it's just a wait-and-see game at this point. I'm almost 100% convinced at this point that Sasha Banks is playing a completely new character, and I think that's awesome. Like, I'm all for these established characters showing up in Mandalorian, but I also want new characters to <clears throat> get involved with and become fans of, you know, it worked out real well with first season of Mandalorian. 
So I hope we get a nice mix. <coughs> so that's kind of the approach I am taking with it. Well, guys, I'm going to do a quick look into the email inbox. Make sure nobody slid in last minute. It appears they didn't. So we're going to call it. Buddy, Johnny, thank you so much for joining us tonight, man. Yeah, Dude, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Love catching up with you guys. Why don't you tell everybody where to find you, where to hear you, all that good stuff. Yeah, so uh, I do this thing called the Pop Culture Hour uh, with Mike, Emily Lind, and Bill Beck produces it. Uh, you can find it uh, on the podcast platforms and uh, YouTube does a great job visualizing the podcast and there's like a lot of visual jokes usually my expense which is fine it's all it's all in good fun uh uh, and check it out like um it's uh at pop culture hour on twitter and you can find the links to everything i just mentioned on there awesome buddy well guys um if you haven't already please leave us a five-star review on itunes it really helps the visibility of the podcast and brings other people into the fold and if you enjoy our theme song please be sure to check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music they're stoned cobra and you can find them on itunes spotify or at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com and until next week when i guess maybe we'll get another mandalorian trailer shit i don't know Uh, this has been blue harvest and i'm halls burkhart and i'm will Witten. may the force be with you May the force be with all of you. May the force be with us.